If you keep winning, then eventually you'll find your way into the discussion. And we bring that up as we come back into the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app because high school football, as the season has progressed, we've kind of tabled, let's be honest, we have tabled, we have tabled our discussions on the Alta Vista Colonels football team. With Matt Deloach, the, yes, former Jefferson Forest Cavalier assistant who's bounced around to a couple spots and finally gotten his opportunity down at Alta Vista and done a magnificent job leading them to a couple of upset victories and now a spot in the VHSL state semifinals this coming weekend, which is just a remarkable run for Alta Vista. They'll battle Sussex Central, or excuse me, they beat Sussex Central. Now they'll get Essex this coming Saturday. So... To discuss that, among other topics, Ben Cates, NewsAdvance.com local sports reporter, with us here in the Fast Lane. Ben, a pleasure to speak with you. How remarkable is this run from Alta Vista? Thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's it's just super fun. You know, I think one of the things that I really enjoy about being a sports writer is you get to work with a lot of good people um, and you know, sometimes you get to work with some good coaches, but you also, it's a distinct kind of role, right? Because you get to see that person from afar and um, and you just kind of get to, to watch how they act and interact with their kids and and um, and how they, how they go about their coaching style and go about their business and all that kind of stuff. And you just kind of get to get a, get a certain viewpoint of that person. And um, I've been really impressed with Matt uh, Deloach and what he's done at Alta Vista this year, it is not easy to get to the state semifinals. I, you know, I don't care like what division you're in, what league you're in. It's it's extremely difficult, and um, he has done it with style this year uh, with a a school that you know used to ha- has gone through so many peaks and valleys over the years. We talk about a long losing streak when you go way back in Alta Vista's history, and you talk about some really amazing years with back-to-back state titles and um, and then a, another long kind of drought. And now, once again, with these kids who went one and nine a year ago, to be in the state semifinals, it says something not only about the kids' resolve, but about um, uh, finding a coach who um, knows how to be successful and who cares and is going to um, put all of his time into making the program what he wants it to be. Yeah, it's a cool story. It rarely comes together this quickly in the first year of a program, but sometimes it does, and it shows the potential that's there at a place like Alta Vista, the ebbs and flows of this particular program, and now they find their way into the VHSL state semifinals this coming Saturday against Essex, and Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com is with us here in the fast lane, Ben, uh, keeping on this matchup and not to pretend that we're experts on Essex and I know you're still starting to delve into your research for the high school playoffs. The one thing that always jumps out in a matchup like this is the potential travel challenges, but this is an Alta Vista team that they've done this the last couple of weeks. They had to go to Brunswick, then they had to go to Sussex Central last week. It's another long trip to Essex, but what advantage do Coach Deloach and the Colonels have having already gone through these long challenges and having a mental blueprint with this year's team to be able to handle that? Yeah, very very hard to win on the road. I, I think that if I were to go back you know, to a month and a half ago or something like that when 
Gretna, uh, when Alta Vista took the the short drive to Gretna, and you know that's that's just that's just a short drive, but it's to your rival, and it's a very difficult place to win, and it's a road game, and I Alta Vista lost that game, and you didn't necessarily see then that this team could be the kind of road warriors that they've turned into, but my gosh, over the past you know few weeks, it's just been remarkable what they've been able to do on the road in the playoffs and um you're right when you start talking about class one you've got some really long distances that you have to travel for the playoffs um and you're mostly traveling to other rural small communities and um it can be those places are hard to play just like gretna is a hard place to play just like alta vista is a hard place to play so i think anytime you go on the road and you're going to a community that really cares about football and uh, it, you know it, it's going to be you're going to face adversity, and Alta Vista has overcome that so far. And you know now that's part of their identity is they know they can win on the road. Mental toughness, which does count for something at this stage of the season, and the, the challenge that it can propose or can present and proposes to different teams. Ben Cates with us here in the fast lane from NewsAdvance.com and at Ben Cates Eight on Twitter. Ben, you mentioned the challenge of getting to the state semifinals. I mean, EC Glass has been in this spot the last couple of years. Uh, JF, they were there at previous times during the last decade. Uh, But getting to the state semifinals and how difficult that is, especially when you start to encounter dominant teams, which EC Glass did as the Salem Spartans were able to flex and assert themselves. And um, true or false, over the course of a, a game, especially in high leverage moments, it helps to have what Salem has, which is a couple of high-end D1 commits and running back Peyton Lewis and linebacker Chris Cole. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Salem uh, matched up against LCA the first week of the season. It was kind of, you know, uh, a good barometer for how good LCA was, but it was also kind of like telling about how good Salem was, too, and, 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 and both of those teams really went at it in that game, and and now, um, not having seen Salem since, and then, you know, watching some of the highlights from that game um, last week against Glass, it was just, yeah, it's just really obvious that um, that Salem was was the bigger, better, tougher team, more and more talented. That is not a slight on EC Glass because EC Glass is very talented, but it's it's almost like you're going against a a, a college team or something out there, you know? Like if you're just if you're just a normal um, high school team, um, and you're you don't have Division One talent, and, and you're going up against multiple guys who do. It's it's kind of an kind of an insurmountable challenge. I was impressed a little bit by how well EC Glass seemed to hang in there in that game. Didn't get blown out, and I think that says a lot about football in the area and and how how tough it can be. It is. I mean, at some point, you know, we've seen this over the years, and I'm sure you have as well. This is. No slight on EC Glass. They had a remarkable season. They hung in there and fought with Salem. But, I mean, at some point, the luck of the gene pool does win out, right? Yeah, e- e- either that or um, or something else that may be going on behind the scenes. I don't know. Um, but, you know, there, there, there's something to be said for a, a team that has not only one division, one guy, but two or three. Um, and, you know, there are some teams that have it, and there's some teams that don't. Yeah, and there are not a lot of those type of players that are 
uh, just hanging around. And it happens to be that the Salem Spartans had a couple of those players, and they were difference makers in the 42-14 to victory over EC Glass, which means the other team of local note uh, in the state semifinals, the LCA Bulldogs. The fact they are there doesn't surprise anybody. The fact they get William Byrd may or may not be a surprise, but how under the radar is this William Byrd team just from your distant view and in particular, particularly how they asserted themselves in the second half of that 31-7 victory at Magna Vista? Yeah, I was surprised by that, um, by that final for sure. Um, I don't know what all Magna Vista had or didn't have going for it in that game. Um, but, yeah, William Byrd, what, coming in at 10-1, and 1, giving up around 10 points per game. It's pretty impressive. Um, and, you know, the, the teams that I feel like that are here this time of year in, this, in the state semifinals are, are teams that, you know, give up basically somewhere around 8, 10, 12 points a game a lot of times. And, and sometimes those are the teams that really um, are able to fight their way into a state title game. Uh, when you start talking about the Blue Ridge District champs, um, you know, I don't know that they have played anybody quite like LCA because I don't know that there is a team in the entire playoffs that is quite like LCA unless you consider Phoebus um, in Class 4. And so it, it will be a super challenge for Bird this week, I think. And, you know, you, you may see uh, William Bird come in and, and really hit – LCA in the mouth really quickly, but the thing about this LCA team is it's so experienced, it is coached so well by a number of guys that it is able to uh, adjust really quickly. And uh, that's kind of one of one of the big things that I've noticed covering uh, a lot of or a few LCA games this this year. You talk about last week against Turner Ashby. You talk about uh, against Jefferson Forest. Um, they were really able to make those adjustments that made a difference down the stretch it's the little things that clearly add up and uh, have so far for lca and getting them to the brink of another trip to the state championship game ben cates newsadvance.com is with us here in the fast lane ben that lca game will take place at liberty christian academy this coming saturday the night before and about a quarter mile away the liberty flames battling new mexico state in the conference usa championship game how different is this New Mexico State team from the one that Liberty defeated in the second game of the season? You know, coming in on a big winning streak, and they seem to have much more resolve than they did the first time around. Uh, seem to be really clicking, uh, especially offensively. Um, I think that things have probably come together a lot more for them, you know, over the course of nine, ten weeks, whatever it's been since that game has been played. And, and, um, and so, yeah, I expect a real battle on, on Friday night in the conference championship game. I think it'll be really interesting. Um, Liberty, all, you know, comes in and is, is, has the advantage, though, of being in New Mexico State's head, I think, and, and, and being, you know, I'm not going to say all up in their playbook, but like being, being very disciplined and knowing that they, have beat this team once before, and that, and they, they know how to do it already. So I think the challenge is more for New Mexico State to get the upset than for Liberty to, to um, you know, wind up with a loss. It's the goal, certainly, for the Liberty Flames to get to this particular point. And 
would you reasonably expect to see what we've seen at this point is the identity of this version of the Flames been, which is if all else fails, they're just going to rely on the running game and to at least ride that to try to settle things down and possibly dominate. Yeah, it's so impressive what they've been able to do in that run game this year. And, you know, last week uh, was keeping up with, with that game and, and watching and keeping up with stats and, you know, Caden Salter wasn't throwing the ball much, but he didn't have to. And you kind of, maybe you kind of want to save some guys and uh, keep some guys fresh for that championship game. So Liberty just used what was it eight or nine different guys to run the ball and ended up with a season high in rushing yards. And it was just a dominant performance. Um, New Mexico State's coach was talking today about how impressed he was with that run game, and he's especially talking about Quentin Cooley, the junior transfer from Wake Forest, who. It's just a bowling ball out there, and he says he's probably one of the most um, underrated guys in the league. And he's, you know, he's probably right because he's just a quiet guy who goes about his business, but he really does um, hit the line of scrimmage hard and, and just, just rolls right up the middle. Ben Cates 8, Twitter, newsadvance.com, the ways to keep up with Ben, who's been generous enough for some time today in the fast lane. Ben, thank you very much for yours. We appreciate it and look forward to seeing you this coming Friday over at LU. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Indeed. Ben Cates with us here in the Fast Lane when we return. Fast Five at Five-ish. More on developments with roster construction in college football, including coaching construction. Oh, that'll be fun. Plus, we were very critical of Virginia, and I think justifiably so, in the first segment of the Fast Lane. Thoughts up, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts shortly. Keep yours coming, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, because we may get to that after the Fast Five at Five-ish, but we have an uplifting UVA story as well coming your way next on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.